0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Toaster. I'm Pete Wright, and we are still on our break, but we have another one of our most popular episodes we're going to share with you again in the feed this morning, and that is Elizabeth Ann Atkins. Elizabeth Ann Atkins is America's book coach and author of more than 40 books. She's a wellness coach and co-host of My Healthy Mind, Emmy-nominated Michigan TV talk show dedicated to shattering the stigma around mental illness, addiction, and abuse. We loved our conversation with Elizabeth, and she's coming back this season. So we thought it might be a good chance to settle in and revisit our last conversation. Before we hand it over to our past selves, though, let's take a minute and give ourselves a pat on the back for making it through Thanksgiving. If you're here in the U.S., it's a stressful time for families, especially when alcohol is involved, and our friends at Soberlink want to help. Soberlink has teamed up with us and other divorce and family law experts to provide information you didn't know that could provide peace of mind during the holidays. For those who still haven't heard about Soberlink, it is the solution for you if you're going through a divorce and custody case involving alcohol. What is Soberlink? All right, it's a small device. It's like a breathalyzer, but it's more than a breathalyzer. It allows you to take instant alcohol readings paired with facial recognition and tamper-proof technology, and it sends those readings instantly to designated contacts you can use it paired with your apple or android device but there's even a model with cellular service built right in there's no phone needed when used in north america whether you're falsely accused of alcohol use or concerned about your child's safety because of the other parents alcohol use soberlink can help soberlink works hard to keep children safe offering remote alcohol monitoring system that is the gold standard because of its technology don't miss out on Soberlink's free guide on the upcoming holiday season. You can request it today at www.soberlink.com/toaster. That's www.soberlink.com/toaster. Our great thanks to Soberlink for sponsoring the toaster. And now, here's past us. Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, your toaster's playing dirty. What are you gonna do about it?
1: Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Seth Nelson, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Pete Wright. Today on the show, you're facing the prospect of divorce head-on. When the process gets hard, it's even harder to keep your head held high. How do you keep your focus on a successful outcome when everything else feels so ugly? To help us through it all, we welcome Elizabeth Ann Atkins, America's book coach and author of more than 40 books, wellness coach and co-host of Michigan Healthy Mind, the Emmy-nominated TV talk show in Michigan with a focus on shattering stigma around mental illness, addiction, and abuse. Elizabeth, Welcome to the toaster.
2: I'm so excited to be here, Seth.
0: I was wondering before we started if there's if we should if we'd be better off with your background trying to figure out what you're not capable of talking to us about on the show. How do you have time for anything with all the stuff you do?
2: You know, I don't know. Time blocking is an an aspiration, but I really, I work from morning till night. Self-care is one of my top priorities. So I will put going to the gym and meditating above all else and eating healthy. Um, I just do it all. And I feel like it's a mission. It's a calling and, I I can't stop until I feel that I've touched as many lives as I possibly can. And I'm doing that on a daily basis.
1: Well, great. With the toaster, you're going to hit like three or four more lives. We're three good. Three
0: or four, and two of them are right here in the room. It's
2: fantastic.
0: I'm glad you're here. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, we, we have been talking about, um, you know, on the show, this idea of rebuilding and finding forgiveness in in the divorce process, whether you're finding forgiveness in, in yourself or finding forgiveness in uh, those in the process with you. Uh, uh, definitely your former spouse, probably your lawyer. Who are we kidding? And uh, and, and trying to to make sense of what it means to Um, You know, to get through the emotional storm of divorce, understanding that you probably will be scathed, but uh, there is something on the other side of it to look forward to.
2: Yes. So I have a huge forgiveness story Oh, good! and I'm fast forwarding through my whole divorce saga, but I had a horrible divorce. My ex-husband was verbally abusive to the point that I had four restraining orders over 16 years as we co-parented our child who's now 24 and very successful in his career. However... Uh, Around 16 years after the divorce, my ex-husband had a stroke and almost died. Our son was off in school five hours away, and um, I promised my son that his dad would be okay. So I proceeded to step up and uh, advocate for his health while he was in the ICU in a coma for 10 days. And I was there every day, and his friends were all like, my ex-wife would have just left me for dead. (laughs)
1: Oh man. What? Wow. See, so, like Elizabeth, yeah. that's the difference between, like, I think my former spouse would have, quote unquote, tripped over the cord. You know? <laughs> like, we're not going to pull the cord. Oh, no, the just, phone
0: fell into the toilet?
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know how that happened, but I'm joking. It's my former spouse, not X, but yes.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I agree with you. But it was for my son to make sure he was okay. He had to go back and take finals knowing his dad was in the ICU and he knew I was there. So I stood at his bedside while he was unconscious with all these machines beeping and I felt forgiveness for the first time in my whole life. And I just said, I forgive you. And it like lifted off my shoulders. It was magical. I forgave him I had to let go of all the horrors of his treatment of me over many years and I just let it go and I proceeded to help him he came out of the coma on good friday and you know saved his life and he bought me a car and you know it, he he got rehabilitated to walk and work as a lawyer again and he's doing great and our son has a dad and that was forgiveness but I also had to forgive myself
1: yeah do you think That in that moment, because he was literally so vulnerable and so helpless, that that is what opened the door for you to forgive, as opposed to having someone attack you and verbally attack you. You can't get any farther in the spectrum. Restraining order versus in a coma on an ICU bed.
2: Wow. Wow, I have chills. Uh, yes, absolutely, Seth. However, to rewind into the horrors of the divorce, I got through it with peace and power because I refused to let him break me down. I refused to get addicted to something. I was super fit. Like the gym was my go to place. I meditated. I prayed. I journaled. I ate healthy. I and you know pampered myself um and that was a form of forgiveness for getting into a situation that ended in such trauma
0: right i'm floored by uh, all of that and i i have two two points i'm going to table the first one which is on figuring out how to keep your head high because you that seems to be something some depths we need to plumb more Thoroughly, but I, I want to go back to Seth's question because I think this is really important. Uh, and and Seth, to you, how often do you see separating couples able to find divorce in the process, like when they're in the middle of the storm of it, like forgiveness? You mean yeah, yeah. forgiveness in the process? Yeah, they don't. Right, and so like to that to that point, Elizabeth. Like there is there is something about having. Um, I don't want to diminish coma, but captive audience that is, um, you know, that, that gives you permission to say the things you need to say without fear of judgment, retribution, interruption, those kinds of things. And I wonder if that's an enabling condition for you finding your peace in your relationship 16 years after the divorce.
2: Yeah, I've never considered it in the vulnerability there, but it's just what happened. And I finally understood forgiveness. Um, and the times during the divorce when things were bad and I did go to his level and cuss, him, cuss back at him and such, it only became more nightmarish. Right. So I had took this very much to turn the other cheek attitude. And everybody was like, you need to cuss him out. You need to send the Jacob crew over there and get him. And no, that's not going to get us anywhere.
1: Doesn't move the (laughs) ball down the field, right? I understand. understand. (laughs) Or, or, you know, concrete shoes and all that stuff, you know. But forgiveness is interesting. You guys Um, went
0: dark just then. I just want you to know, I kept my head up. You went mafia.
1: I'm going to lighten this up for a minute here because I was just, this just happened last week. I was um, sitting on the couch, hanging out with my fiance, and out of the blue, she looks at me dead in the eye and says, I forgive you. And I looked at her and said, thank you. And she started laughing. And I said (laughs) that I started laughing. And she goes, do you know why I'm laughing? I said, I think I have a good idea, but you tell me. She goes, because I was just making that up. And that was the perfect answer. <laughs> and
2: oh, and wow. I had
1: no idea what she was talking about. But let me tell you, I wasn't about to say for what, because yeah, right, then I would have yes. gotten, you know, or don't act like you don't know. She was just oh, totally messing with me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and oh, she goes, fun. you're so smart. You just look at me and say, thank you. So
2: uh,
1: I'm telling you, Pete, There's awesome. there's different ways to get forgiven. But if someone says, I forgive you. Yeah,
0: whatever. You guys, you guys are perfect for each other. Let me just say that right <laughs> now. Perfect.
1: If someone forgives you, there's only one response. It's thank you. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Yes. Nice. Nice. So
0: let's, let's talk about this. You, you say that you got through your divorce with peace. I would like to hear how you did that.
2: Okay. Well, it was spiritual. I was at the gym one day, powerhouse gym, downtown Detroit, burning off my anger and his words were just bouncing through my head and they were very vile insults, including the B word. And I couldn't get him out and I was like running on the Stairmaster and oh my God, it was awful. And I said, instead of the B word going through my head, I said, no, I am a queen. And I said it out loud in the noise of the gym. And then all of a sudden I heard the word goddess. You are goddess. And it wasn't for me and it wasn't. I don't know. I I don't know, but I felt like it was God energy in female form saying you have a supernatural power of prayer and connection to spirit. And that fueled me. It made me feel immediately peaceful. It made me feel powerful. And I stepped forward and I knew that exercise, prayer, journaling, and my high vibe lifestyle was the key to my peace. So literally, I would be swimming laps at the pool and I would inhale. Peace and I would exhale any anxiety, worry, fear, all that stuff. Exercise was it. And I had determined not to look like what I have been through because I had seen women who had been through divorces and they looked horrible. They'd gained weight, they were like haggard, their hair was a mess, they went gray prematurely. No. I said, I'm going to come out of this like a boss. And I did. (laughs) And now it's been 18 years.
1: That's amazing. So, Elizabeth, there's a word for that. It's called the revenge body.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) I can check out my Instagram and see I got that. I had a bikini.
1: (laughs) Which is exactly what I tried to do with my revenge body. Did not look good in a bikini. I don't know what was going on there. Like, I just had a moment of failure of judgment. So, but we did a whole show about this, Pete, about staying healthy and eating right. And how the, you know, dopamine, all that stuff works. and, and, And it actually helps. And it's the hardest thing to do to get started, to get out of bed, or to go for that first walk. But um, my coach that I use for training for these triathlons that I'm trying to do, she said to me, here's the deal, Seth, nobody ever regrets their workout. It might not be the best workout, maybe you're a little disappointed, or maybe you cut out a little earlier, didn't quite finish the sets or the run, or you're a little slow, but you never regret it. And so when I'm getting up at 4.30 or 5 to go for a run or a swim or a bike, I think to myself, I want to stay in bed, but I'm not going to regret this. And, but you need to find whatever that is. And it can be a simple walk. It doesn't have to be doing marathons, right? It's whatever can just get you out there and get you a little exercise. It goes a long ways. No, I don't know about everything that Elizabeth was doing. She sounds like she was in the gym 24-7, but...
0: Yeah, her workout sounds different than yours. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, mean I, I do my curls, like, from the scoop of ice cream to my mouth, you know? so uh... Sometimes I really
0: level up with chocolate
1: chip. It's a little heavier <laughs> than vanilla. <laughs>
2: But you know what? Ice cream is a really important point here because there's a stereotype, especially of women who are sad eating Haagen-Dazs alone on Friday night and then just makes you feel horrible with the sugar and the calories and all that. So it's really, really important. The term self-care is so overused, but it's true. Put yourself first. Do something every day when you're going through the horrors of divorce that is going to treat you, to calm you, whether it's sprinkling lavender oil on your pillow, taking a bubble bath, going to the gym, walking, eating a super healthy salad and feeling good when you step away from the table, Um, listening to inspirational messages. You can't get enough of it. And have a mentor. Have someone you can call that you trust who's not going to do doomsday conversation and all the panic buttons that get pushed when they talk because some people are just like that and they enjoy it. Um, Have a trusted source of comfort that you can just call at any time and know that they're going to give you good guidance and um, a soothing tone of voice.
1: And don't be afraid to tell them what you need. There's so many people out there that want to help you when you're going through divorce and they don't know what to do. So you can say, can you meet me for a glass of wine? Elizabeth, I heard on the podcast said we should be going for a walk. I'm going to the bar. Let's have a glass of wine. I just need you to be there. I don't want to talk about my divorce. I want to hear about your kids. I want you to take whatever's going on in your life and talk to me about it because I don't want my divorce in my head. And sometimes that's the best therapy people can get is not to talk about it. Yes. So, I hear what you're saying here.
0: Okay, so what happens, you're in your divorce, you discover this sense of of, uh, power and peace that you're describing. What happens when your energy confronts that hostile energy of your now former spouse?
2: Uh, During the divorce?
0: Yeah. Can you take us back?
2: Yeah. So sometimes the way he would look at me with this horrific glare, or he'd call me names in public, sometimes it was really upsetting. And I remember one time after a court hearing, I was in the courthouse uh, lobby, uh, hyperventilating. I mean, it was just bad. It was, I felt terrible. Uh, I was angry. Um, it was very difficult, but what I learned is to create what I call a Teflon shield. You know, when it rains and you just got your car washed and waxed and the little rain bubbles just roll off the windshield. So I learned how to erect this Teflon bubble around myself mentally so that when he glared at me or said something terrible, it just bounced off and rolled off. And I remember one time it happened and I was like, wow, that is like a superpower. (laughs) It was many years into it. Um, but another thing is, our son was four and a half when I left him. And so we were co parenting. And that Let's was. Let's be clear
1: about that. Your son was four and a half when you left Ex-husband. your ex
2: husband. Yes, correct.
1: Not your child. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. I took my son okay. with me. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, he was my, his well being was my top priority. Of course. And yeah. So we had to do um, third-party visitation because the interaction was just so hostile with me and the dad. So uh, keeping his well-being at top priority was important. So I had to keep myself together.
1: Do you remember or or what was the thought in your mind that allowed that to happen? Because I had a client once that said, I actually feel sorry for him, for her her ex. Oh, Because whenever I'm around, he just gets enraged. It doesn't make any sense. He'll still, you know, dig up stuff from the past. And and she's like, I feel sorry for the guy that hasn't moved on. I wish he would meet someone nice that cared for him. Like, uh, he keeps all this stuff coming at me, which I have no interest in. And so that was her Teflon. Like, hers was empathy
0: oh well and and i have i have heard tell of when when that sort of power empathetic vibe is out of balance it can create more animosity right that like he just gets more frustrated because you have this appearance of doing well through a process that is hard for him and i wonder if that was any any gave any interplay in your process
2: probably because i looked phenomenal i did i <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was fit. I looked great. I was glowing. Wait, I was super. Our happy.
0: show
1: notes are going to be the best show notes we've <laughs> ever had on this show. Let me tell you, links to Insta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what? If you go to my Instagram at Elizabeth Ann Atkins, you'll see me working out. And the reason I post that is because I can show not only have I gotten through this with peace and power and physical fitness, but I also lost 100 pounds after I had my son. And I was on Oprah to celebrate the weight loss. And so I just put mind over matter and achieve those goals. And so I want to serve as an example because I'm not 25 anymore. If you add up the numbers, um, you know.
1: Don't don't add up the numbers. <laughs> Pete's okay. really okay. bad of, with None math. of
0: us want to add any numbers today, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, none yeah, of us think. do. <laughs> And then you got to carry the
1: one and it's just, you know, you it's look, just the you way You look goes.
0: great. Seth looks great. Thank I've you. been married for 22 years and don't have a revenge body anymore, right? <laughs> Let's just end that. <laughs> but I got to ask, how was it being on Oprah? Come
1: on.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, she touched me and it was amazing. I just got the chills, <laughs> just
0: even You said that and I just got, I got a little did. I got a little creeped out. I don't know. <laughs>
2: She she touched my arm muscles and um, here's the thing about Oprah her eyes and this is not conveyed when she's on television but in person her eyes are very big I call them shaman eyes shaman are like natural spiritual healers and her eyes are big and it felt like they were otherworldly like they see more than we do and truth be told she does see more because she's able to process and analyze and bring and ask questions and such so yeah i I got this really wild vibe looking into her eyes and just seeing this like otherworldly wisdom there it was remarkable
1: all right we'll just have to get oprah on the show next week pete yeah (laughs)
2: Can uh, I just share that the power of manifestation is exemplified in my Oprah experience sure. because I wanted to be on Oprah as an author and that didn't happen. But I would visualize myself sitting in her big leather banana yellow chairs, um, like touching the arms of the chair. I as a guest on the show and her saying my name, that happened. I journaled it. Journaled it. I visualized it over and over. It Happened. It happened for weight loss, not for me as an author. But it physically manifests. So, what you can do when you are writing—I mean, going through a divorce—write out the outcome that you want. Write it. Believe it. Visualize it.
1: That's really interesting because one of the first things I talk to about a client are what are your goals, and we write them down. And sometimes it's the goals for the conversation that we're having. What are your ultimate goals in getting through this divorce? Um, and I know that I'm making progress in a case when we're talking about settlement because we're, especially people going through a divorce with children, the kids are the most important. And so then when I'm talking about personal property and who gets what stuff, and they're really still angry about that, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. On your goals, we've checked off the first five. Personal property wasn't even on your list. And now we're getting upset. Why? Because we've handled the other items. But there's a human psychology that got what I wanted. What do I get next? Got what I wanted. What do I get next? Settled on this, not really happy with it, but we're moving on. What do I get next? And I mean, that will go down to the spoons. Uh, it's it, it can be that ridiculous at the end on personal property. I'm not saying the kid stuff is ridiculous.
0: But once you get through the other stuff, it's pretty easy to let your emotional heat drive the narrative, right? That's why people fight over the spoons and the wagon wheel coffee table. That's right. That's right. You were in the middle of a point, Elizabeth. What were you, finish your thought.
2: Oh, oh! writing things down and then believing and manifesting through the power of writing. And, and I called our divorce the harmonious resolution. I journaled it daily. I was like, thank you for the harmonious resolution. It was not harmonious uh, f- until the stroke story 16 years later. But now it's harmonious. We're friends. We do stuff with our son. We go out to dinner. It's all good.
0: A divorce 16 years in the making. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry it took yeah. so long, but glad you got there.
2: Thank you. I can't look back and be angry about things. I have to just leave it in the past. It's real easy to let something trigger. And again, it's very important to get therapy after a divorce or during a divorce because I wanted to figure out what got me into this situation and how do I never repeat this again with another partner or with my own personal issues and dynamics? And that healed me and I've stepped forward with my own template for relationships and romance that might not necessarily fit into society's norms, but that didn't work for me.
0: Did you end up uh, getting remarried?
2: Oh no, people are totally baffled, like sometimes angry about why aren't you married? Yeah, they're really mad about it.
0: I don't. I don't know why. I don't. I. I. I would not describe myself as baffled, but I am curious.
2: Uh, first, I had a small son that I wanted to raise with my own attention. Focused on him. I knew that everybody said kids grow up really fast, and now he's 24, and they were right. Uh, (laughs) And so I wanted to enjoy him. I also did not want to have a stepdad in the mix. Whenever I was dating someone, my ex husband would just be rabid. He would confront them, he would say crazy stuff. He would say crazy stuff to our son, who was, you know, like six years old. And I just didn't want to deal with the extra layer of drama that would have occurred. Um, had I been that serious with a partner.
0: That's a, I, I totally buy that, especially because I imagine that's pre-stroke.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was terrible.
0: Pre, pre-peace. But I think there's an interesting bigger
1: point here, is Pete is curious why you didn't get remarried. I'm curious, Pete, why does it matter? Because I get this question all the time. People ask, are you going to get remarried? Did you get remarried? My clients will talk about, oh, I'm never doing it again. And then they do, but there's like this societal thing that you're supposed to be married.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're sort of painting me into a corner there, Nelson. I'm not sure I'm happy with that, but I I'll tell you why I'm curious. I'm curious for exactly those reasons, because like there, there is a, uh, we've had them on the show. People who come on the show who are, uh, have gotten through their divorce and have done, Awesome things, reclaiming power and body and strength to the extent to which they're able to express their joy about all the work that they've done is the extent to which they talk about getting back out there and being able to be a new version of themselves in a relationship somehow. So I, I guess I'm always curious about that, like with great power comes great responsibility. You're, you're a different person now. Is any of that energy to be focused on a future partner. That's all. I mean, I know I I certainly there, there is no recipe you're being, you're being hard on me.
1: I was painting you into a corner. (laughs) I know I'm a lawyer. I haven't been in court in a while. It just comes out I twitch a little bit, you
0: know? (laughs) Yeah. I just want to fight. I just want to pick a fight. That's
2: all. That's a really great point. But my revelation after divorce was, who am I now as an individual having been with this person for 10 years of my life? Right. I was monogamous for 10 years. So there's lots of factors that played into that. I wanted to have sex with more than one person, and I didn't necessarily want it to be my boyfriend. And I wanted the freedom to do and go and be whoever I wanted to be, however I wanted to be. Uh, My mother's a retired judge, but at the time she was a judge. My ex-husband is a lawyer so and i was we we're very well known in our our community a big community. So I was very cautious. So what I did was write a book called Husbands Incorporated about a company that provides fantasy marriages for women that last only one year. They're legal marriages. There's a prenup. So the man gets paid a large sum of money after one year and they get a legal divorce in Guam, which is a U.S. territory and only takes seven days to get a divorce. And so these women get their power and their pleasure on, on their terms. For one year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Seth, did you see, wait?
2: Do you un- see Seth's eyes? He is
0: about to start a new business. Is what's happening? We're moving to Guam. First off, Pete,
1: <laughs> we've got one-year marriages, a prenup. Yeah, no yes. arguing about that because the prenup should be done. Everybody, like, I am starting a new business. Yes. You, you saw it in my eyes. Yes. My jaw was dropped.
2: Yeah. So I almost went on Shark Tank and thought, I'm going to do this, but I, I, I re- it's a... T-
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now, oh god. having <laughs> a divorce shark attorney on Shark Tank with you, because they always need
0: the sidekick. Okay. Yeah, you got to have okay. sidekick. Oh, my yeah. god!
2: Right, 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 right. Like yeah. a big, hunky guy. Oh okay,
0: I'm out. A, uh, thanks a, a lot. <laughs> I,
1: was, I was trying to pitch the short Jewish bald lawyer you know, sidekick
0: yeah. and you went Look, with big Elizabeth, hunky guy. Elizabeth, read the room here. You gotta read the room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here's my book cover. It's <laughs> got the, oh, you know, guy. No. It is. It's the guy. Uh, that. no, yeah, how,
1: how about, I don't know how you got that picture of me with my shirt off. That's, that's you know. I, oh, I know. Check out my Insta of me working out.
0: That's where it is. <laughs> oh my That is such a bright, brilliant idea. I can't believe <laughs> I
1: I I I had a similar idea, Elizabeth. Yours is by far better than mine. I always thought like divorce, like marriages should be like five years with an option mm-hmm. to renew. I love
2: right? it. Right? Love
1: it. Like yes, really, yes. that's that like everyone agrees we're doing this for five years, mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like your lease. At four years and six months, we'll sit down and talk about it.
0: Right. No right. harm, no foul. We'll look at the interest. Uh-huh. We'll look at a balloon uh-huh. payment payoff. Yeah. No, it's all built in. The-
1: that's right. You guys
0: see
1: see what the market is doing. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's really hot right now. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of foreclosures. You know, who knows? Um,
0: uh, why is it? Th- why is it taking Elizabeth so long to be on our show, Seth? I want to know that because this I, I, is, I, I, I don't know. I but did not have I'm, any idea we were going to go down this road. We have new business opportunities.
1: What I'm thinking is. Next week it's going to be Pete and Elizabeth, and I'm going to be out. <laughs> is what I'm thinking. You're
0: going to be in Guam uh,
1: setting up one-year divorce marriages, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? Man, unbelievable. <laughs>
1: so I, I have a thought though too, and I get that Elizabeth wanted to live this different life, but I think than she, she had before. I think sometimes in people that I've spoken to, and when you regain yourself and you get your power back, and you find out like, oh, this is now my best self, and then you go to start dating in like in a serious way, and if you want to fall in love, that's vulnerable. So you got to take all that power and like, I'm going to be who I am, and then be vulnerable, and I think that's the, the trick in new relationships, mm-hmm. which are serious relationships. I'm not talking about going out on you know, dates or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. and I think that's a that's a delicate balance when you've been through such a hard time and you've worked so hard to get where you are, then to be vulnerable again. But that's where the real power comes in when you can say, I'm gonna be vulnerable and no matter what happens, I'm gonna be okay because I know how to take care of myself now where I didn't before.
2: So the key word for that, Seth, is boundaries, whereas prior I didn't have boundaries and I got mad when someone violated boundaries I'd never set. But then I understood the power of setting boundaries for future romantic experiences. And then when they're violated, I'm free to step away. If, if someone's not gonna honor my boundaries. And you just develop this em- empowerment that's really awesome. And until I meet that person who's so extraordinary that I wanna lock down with them, I'm free to be whoever I wanna be, wherever and however, it's awesome.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. You know, I, it makes me think I, uh, you know, we hear stories, you do all this work and you become this good sort of new person and then you start dating again and you realize you're using an aged muscle. To learn how to date, Ooh. and you're looking for people that old you would have found, but they don't—they mm. don't live up to new you. And that—that sounds—that mm. sounds maybe condescending. It sounds maybe uh, uh, somehow um, like you're you're looking down on this group of people. But it's just that you no longer match who you who you used to match, and fi- learning who that is is um, is an important part of the developing the new muscle too. This is great. Mm-hmm.
2: This is great. Yes.
0: Elizabeth, we only have probably about 45 more minutes. Do you want to start your plug now of all the stuff that you do? Um, or
1: uh, Hold on. Let me just put myself on yeah, mute mute, and, and, and crack this beer and eat yeah, some I pizza. Need a glass,
0: I need a glass of wine. <laughs> I need
1: to yeah, settle uh, in.
0: We're going to be here
1: a while. Yeah. And, you know, JT, our our, uh, fitness Uh guy, will be proud of us. Elizabeth, you know, (laughs) working out on Insta Live or whatever.
0: You go ahead and start. I'm going to do some ab magic right now. (laughs) I'm getting down. (laughs)
2: Well, I started something uh, called The Goddess Power Show with Elizabeth Ann Atkins. It's a podcast where I interview women and a lot of them are divorced or they've gone through challenges like that. And the mission is to provide this empowerment and knowledge and wisdom and guidance to help them get through. And so I really feel it's part of my life mission. Instead of looking back with regret on my divorce trauma, I and healing, I look back on it as lessons to teach others and show an example, show the way for them to get through it. Again, not looking like or feeling like what they've been through. So it really is a big mission for my life.
0: Well, we will put show notes, we'll put links to all of the stuff that you do, including that, where you can subscribe and learn more in our show notes. Thank you. For sure. Thank
2: you. Uh,
0: Elizabeth Ann Atkins, thank you so much for joining us in the toaster today. You're fantastic.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute delight to talk with all of you. And I hope everybody listening can take some nuggets of what I said and apply it and make a difference.
0: Make a difference. You hear that, Seth? Did you learn anything today? I uh, Let me tell you,
1: like, I'm getting my ass to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's what I, uh, you
0: know. No, I mean,
1: I learned a lot of stuff today and I always learn stuff from you, Pete, with all the fine questions you asked and from our guest and Elizabeth. It has been a, um, a ton of fun. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the toast. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so very much.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, you can ask us a question. Just go to nelsoncostercom slash Ask a question. And uh, there's a form there, and you can be completely anonymous. You can be not anonymous if you want. You can leave us your name, your email address, and your question for Seth Nelson, America's Favorite Divorce Attorney. And we will answer it on the show. We've got questions that have been coming in over our break. We're very excited to get these questions answered and out there. And we have our guests coming up that are going to help us with that effort. So, again, thank you, everybody. On behalf of Elizabeth Ann Atkins and Seth Nelson, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships.
2: Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, How to Split a Toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida.